didn't realize well, that's that. That's an interesting question. You know, I've never heard of it from that So let's talk about that. Let's talk you know, about I think that. you need to come over, stand in my to shoes. Agree to disagree. This is Top of Mind. I'm Julie Rose. Welcome to Stick With It, our new series on the podcast, talking with people about a time when they felt their own perspective challenged, maybe in a big way. And... They opted to stick with that discomfort rather than shut down or get defensive like we're often prone to do. We've heard stick with it stories on the podcast so far about people who feel like doing this, sticking with the discomfort of a challenging perspective in large and small ways has actually made them better, made them a better citizen, a kinder neighbor, more effective advocate. I'd love to hear your story send an email to topofmind at byu.edu. And now let's hear one from a listener and friend of the podcast. Welcome. Thanks so much for taking time. So excited to be here. Thank you. Let's start with a bit of the background information. We're going to keep you anonymous just for sensitivity. But um, the first thing, I guess, for people to know is that you are a librarian, a children's librarian. That is correct. And I also work with training children's librarians and teachers um, to to do their jobs. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I work. I work both physically as a children's librarian, helping people access materials and all those and types choosing of things. And choosing what books, books choosing what books are going to be available shelves. for the shelves in my collections that okay. I oversee. Um, and then also, you know, helping, um, you know, a unique part of what I do, not all librarians do this, is help others learn how, how to do that, right, and how to navigate what it means to be a librarian, what it hmm. means to be a teacher. Elementary, K-12 okay. kind of thing. How do, how do we... How do we help others learn to do their jobs? So yeah. I'm, I'm very much um, an advocate to helping others also learn these processes. Yeah, which people can probably guess where this is going because in this particular moment, <laughs> that, is a, that is a complicated job in this, it is. In this time of, you know – book banning and and concerns about the content in the books that are available on the shelves for our children. Oh, th- this has been one of the hardest times to be a librarian. And I, I think most of my colleagues, particularly in the field of children's literature, who are working with children in any kind of context, mm-hmm. would agree with that. Um, because there has been a huge uptick in people banning, wanting to ban books. It really... It's hard to sometimes tell because book banning is hard to track. Um, And previous to this, it was harder to track because a lot of things would happen, but it would never go up the line or, you know, people wouldn't know about it. It would be local communities and it would just stay there. Mm. But, you know, the media has been like on all of this. And from the best estimates, book banning attempts have gone up by like 300 percent in just, you know, a few months you know like eight months this Mm. this has just kind of blown up yeah and it's hard for us as librarians and professionals to navigate you know where do we stand because we do have a basic set of professional ethics that we are taught and that we advocate for And that is at the very basis intellectual freedom, right? Mm -hmm. We very much believe in that freedom of the press kind of constitutional strength that there is purpose and reason that we should be able to publish and get speech out there. Because if we restrict speech, then we become not a democracy, right? Mm -hmm. We become this place where 
where things are hidden. And, you know, we see that particularly right now all over the world in like Iran and China and these places where where speech is not open and speech is not available to people and how repressive that can be. So so is it fair to say that when faced with the question of should I should I put this book on my shelf or not, you would err on the side of put it there because I don't I, I'm not in the business of hiding things. This is tricky because you are right. I mean, with this philosophy towards um, intellectual freedom, we do think that putting it on the shelves and making it available is is important mm-hmm. and significant part of what we do. But with that said, there also is a contrast because we know we're serving a specific subset of people. We know we're serving a specific community. And I will admit that there are some pieces that have been published that I did not purchase for my library. Yeah, books. Because I am just like, this is not appropriate to the scope of my collections. This isn't appropriate Mm -hmm. to the purpose of my collections. Um, Or I may have purchased it and it went into like the adult collection instead of the children's collection, right? So yeah. so we consciously make these decisions hmm. on a daily basis. So it, it, there's this interesting tension professionally to start with of, you know, intellectual freedom, we want everybody to have access to it. But then we have to curate our own idea of what we have access to. You're always to. making choices. Yeah, we're always making choices. So how did this yeah. come to a head for you? Well, real recently, we have seen this happening in a lot of different um, a lot of different places. But I vividly remember that I was watching a video online of one of the school board meetings that was happening in Virginia at the time. And just the intensity of what was going on in that school board meeting where these parents had come and they wanted to get a bunch of books off of the shelves. And the the video of this meeting was just stunning to me because I had never seen, you know, I've encountered book banning and people wanting to ban books, but I had never seen it with that much venom or that much hate. I mean, it was really, really strong emotions in a way that I'd never seen around this Parents directed towards towards the the school school board. board. Yeah. And unfortunately, in that space, librarians were in the center of it, right? So part of it was, you know, I'd never seen this venom, you know, the intense, intense emotion coming in book banning from the parents. Mm. And I had never seen you know, school boards being attacked in that way. And additionally, I had also never seen school boards not be sympathetic to the individuals who are actually doing the work in the schools. Because a lot of the responses of some of these school boards was, oh, yeah, we're going to get rid of it. Oh, yeah, we're going to we're yeah. going to move forward with the librarians this. wrong. Go yeah, take this off the exactly. shelf right now, librarian. Exactly. Okay. And and really not including that viewpoint even so much so that most of these school districts had censorship or banning policies, right, where that's like what we call reconsideration policies. So if somebody in the community says, I don't think this book is appropriate, there's a policy that most of these schools had in place that said, here's the process by which you can tell us that you don't like this and yeah. we'll reconsider it, right? Mm-hmm. And that was and a process that librarians that, oh, were comfortable yes. with. We, and, and the school boards had voted on and the principals knew, right? Mm. But in a great majority of these situations, those policies that have been in place for a long, long time were being completely ignored. Mm. And so what was your reaction then watching you were, um, you were, I guess, 
upset, horrified, yeah. um, like kind of shocked. There was yeah. a lot of new stuff yeah. you were feeling yeah. as you're watching yeah. this uh, yeah. video. But but what was so what, what what was different about your your reaction in that moment then that kind of turned this in a different direction for you? Yeah, I mean, and I think it really was the the intensity of the emotion that was being expressed here, because I've never been involved in a a censorship kind of situation where the emotion was that intense. From the parents. From the parents. And so part of it for me was this sense of, okay, there's something really important to them here, because I couldn't see them acting that way unless it was really, really, really significant, right? Because this is this is deep-seated anger that I felt like I was witnessing, right? Mm And so I really wanted part of the change in my thinking was, okay, I've really got to understand what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. I've really got to understand what this other side is is thinking and why are they doing this? Because your um, typical response prior to this would have been what? You know, I, in all honesty, and I will admit it freely, it probably would have been very dismissive, mm-hmm. right? And And not that I don't take these things seriously and not that I haven't in the past. You know, it's in the past when book banning things have come, I've just kind of rolled my eyes and I'm Mm. like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, you know, this is some random person that just does not, you know, hasn't read the whole book or, you know, they just really don't know what we do as librarians. Right. And so I I came to realize that I had been hugely dismissive Mm. um, and that scared me. A little bit um, because I didn't want to be dismissive of these individuals because they deserve to be heard and they deserve to have their views seen because if I believe in intellectual freedom, I believe in it on all levels, For right? For everybody okay. and in all these situations. And so I was coming to realize that the things, the ethics that I were core to my values required me to really kind of understand where these individuals were coming from, even though it was hugely uncomfortable for me as a professional because they are, they were attacking the very foundation of my profession yeah. and the very foundation of what we've been doing for a really long time and, and questioning my ethics. And, you know, it's not like we as librarians are out to corrupt the children of the world, right? <laughs> that has never been our intent. And I never have seen any of my library colleagues in any way, shape or form, even anywhere close to doing that. Now, there are some cases where teachers have been more indoctrinating, which it's a totally different, <laughs> which is a totally different issue, right? But even my teacher colleagues, I, I honestly, the majority of them, I don't think that I just do not see yeah. that as part of their thing, as part of their focus, right? And so it was so hard to be attacked at the same time, but then realizing, oh, well, if I believe in what I believe in, in this kind of intellectual freedom, I need to get over this sense of being attacked and figure out yeah. what this means and restructure the way I think about this. Yeah. And so what what did you do? So I started really listening to what everybody else was saying. And I started watching because this has happened all over the country. Yeah. The, the initial I mean, just one, Google like yeah, school board, yeah, school board meeting, you know, it's in Florida, <laughs> New Jersey, You'll find Texas, <laughs> Utah, you know, California. I mean, it's everywhere. Did you right? find yourself like flipping through the books that they were highlighting? Well, or? and I there was a couple that I hadn't read in full, right, that I knew of, but I hadn't actually read. So I actually went and looked at those and, and got a better idea. Mm. Um, interesting. Interestingly enough, in my own personal collection, we didn't have any of the ones that they were that they were targeting. Yeah. Um, 
in in, in a few instances. Okay. Um, and then I went back and reread some of the ones that I I had read previously. There was some works by Toni Morrison and stuff that were on some lists, and I had read those uh, as, as a young person, and I went yeah. back and was revisiting them. And then I watched all of these school board meetings from beginning to end, right? Mm. And it was really hard to hear these people attacking, but I really started to listen to what they're saying and what their purpose was in doing this. And I came to really understand that I think at the foundation, these individuals are trying to protect children. And I can understand why they're at that place because our world is really, really scary, right? Mm -hmm. And it is a really, really scary place for children to exist in. And there's a lot of things that we have right front forward in our faces that we as children, when we were this age, we never had to, I mean, th this stuff was like not in my face all the time. Mm -hmm. And these kids, it's totally in their face all the time. And they are being forced to make choices about how they're going to interact with the world and what their individual identities are in a really complicated situation. And I could see how these individuals, that their motivation truly was, we need to protect the children, mm -hmm. right? Now, um, the, the the concerns that people raise, uh, that parents have raised uh, and community members have raised about books kind of run the gamut, yeah. um, you know, from, I mean, in some cases, it's that this book depicts racism in a way that children might find troubling, even if it might be historically or socially accurate, um, to, you know, this book talks about LGBT identities and relationships, to this book depicts graphic sex acts, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Did you find yourself, with, with any of the complaints that you were hearing or concerns that were being raised about some of these books, actually agreeing with the parents as opposed to, to becoming... Um, you know, just compassionate, recognizing that they have the best interests of the yeah, children in yeah. mind. Yes, I, I do, because the reality is there are some of these and not all of them. Right. That are very graphic. Mm -hmm. And so especially very, on the sexually explicit, especially explicit that people or, were raising or, you know, violent, you know, because there's some mm -hmm. that are very violent or, mm -hmm. you know, very um intense in their depiction of some of these emotions, right? Mm -hmm. They they reveal a, a real rawness mm -hmm. to our society. And you're right, a lot of that is reality. So there is this 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 context that mm -hmm. I do agree with them that there is this sense of, you know, should should children be exposed to this, right? And and who is the right audience for some of these? And there are cases that I do agree that these definitely, I mean, without a doubt, these definitely are not for elementary school children. No, mm. right? Mm. And I would even have some, um, you know, some balance. Of, is this really for high schoolers, right? Or is yeah. this is something that, that is more for an adult audience, so right? So you were actually finding yourself agreeing in some cases. And very much so. With these yeah. parents. And just trying to see. So what was that like for you? It's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> it's very, I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast. But yeah. it, was, it was uncomfortable because I was seeing a long-held professional belief um, and a long-held professional perspective through a significantly altered lens, um, mm -hmm. which I hadn't expected. I hadn't expected to see it. And part of the altering of my lens is I just started to realize how complicated this is in a way that I don't think I'd ever 
consciously acknowledged before. Mm. Because I do think that I realized there was a complexity here, but I didn't realize how deep the complexity went and and how much harder it is to make these choices and decisions. Um, and so I started kind of analyzing, okay, you know, how how am I making these choices and decisions, right? You know, what what is my criteria? How could I talk about this in a better way? Um, what kind of elements are important to me? And, and so it's you changed know, the believe, way you do your oh, work. Oh, yes, it definitely has And the way you the way. talk about yeah. how this work should be done when Ex- you're training yes. future librarians and teachers. Exactly. Basically, you're saying, okay, we need to... We need to do more. It's it, it's harder. <laughs> it is. It's it, harder. It's harder than maybe we wanted to acknowledge. We're talking about case yeah. by case basis with yeah. some of these books, and yeah. like we really need to spend more time thinking through what every book we put on our shelves. It almost almost literally, we're going to have to do that, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I have seen, particularly with librarians, that I think is a great pathway forward for us is that the reality is none of us can read all of these books. You know, as a single individual, everything we bring into our libraries, it's going to be impossible for us as one individual to read them, right? And one of the things that I've seen is us coalescing with each other to help, you know, well, you read these and I'll read these and then we'll get together and we'll talk about it, right? And, And providing forums where we can have book reviews and other kinds of things where we're all contributing, in a way that allows us to figure out, okay, you know, where are some of these problem spots mm. and where are some of these things we need to be aware of? I can only like, imagine that if that some of these – if parents knew that their librarians in the schools, in the elementary schools where their kids or their junior high or high school, knew that librarians were going to that much effort oh, yeah. to make sure that they or someone who has a similar value set in their community yeah. has read and carefully discussed every book <laughs> that's being made available to their children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that would I, – I think that that – I find that hugely comforting. I would hope so, right? And the reality is we were doing that previously, right? Yeah. I mean, like I said, I I don't have never met a librarian that has an ill intent, right? Yeah. There's been stuff that slips past, exactly. you know, and it, yeah. that all happens with all of us, right? Um but we real I think we're just taking this a lot more seriously and really mm-hmm. trying to coalesce and figure out okay, you know, how can we how not how can we do this because we've always been doing it? But how can we do this better, yeah. right? So it it's this interesting kind of context that, the you know, the people that have been in these school board meetings are really attacking something that we've already been doing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we have been making these decisions and being conscious about it for a really, really long time. But we need to do a better job of communicating to people what we do, how we do it, and why we make the decisions that we do. And that's been one of my biggest personal changes is I have I have I had in my head this, you know, the criteria of what I would get and what I wouldn't get. For right? your shelves, for what my, books yeah. you would acquire. Yeah. So what what is the limitations for mm-hmm. my collection, for my community, right? But the reality for me is that I have started thinking, okay, I really need to I really need to be able to articulate hmm. in a more concrete way because it was at the at this point it was like I know it when I see it, right? I yeah. look at it and I'm like, oh yeah, this is just not right for my community. Yeah. But I didn't really have any concrete understanding of what what I would explain to somebody, right. what that meant, right? And so I've been trying to do the hard work of that. And even to the extent of, you know, maybe excluding some stuff that 
I would have purchased, hmm. you know, 10, 20 years ago yeah. in a different environment. Um, and, and then also trying to also look at some of these things, because for me, you know, the the heavily explicit violence, sexuality, whatever the explicit that was always is, off the table. That's for always you. off the table for me, right? But some of this race race things and these types of questions, I it's harder for me to grapple with because I think that there is some racism going on when you say, oh, you shouldn't read about black experiences, right? Or you shouldn't read about Native American experiences. That that box of the you know intellectual that. My intellectual freedomness goes off with that, right? It's just like because we need to read about other people, yeah. we need to read about other experiences. I am a better person because I've read Toni Morrison and understand her experiences as a black woman, right? I am, you know, I am better for having read Native American authors who talk about their experiences living on a reservation and and what that means for them. I need. I need to advocate for that at the same time as respect what these people are seeing, right? Because they're seeing a critical race theory lens, if you can put it that way, um, in a different way than I'm seeing it, right? And so part of it is if I can articulate why I'm doing it, then maybe we can find some common ground and maybe Mm -hmm. we can find some ground that will help us you know, understand each other better. Because right now, and I think it's still happening, there's a huge divide between Mm. these individuals who want these books off the shelves and us as librarians who are doing our jobs. Um, And we need to find ways to come together better. And I think that's one of the things that I realized that I wasn't facilitating. And I'm not in agreement with book banning. I, I just, I do not believe that that is a proper way forward but there is a conversation we can have is, is this is re- appropriate for this context, right? Yeah. Should this really be in a school library? Should it really be in a high school library? What, you know, who should have access to it? Those are the kinds of questions that we need to be asking. And those are the kinds of questions we can answer, right? Yeah. But getting rid of it entirely, I still totally believe is not the answer. Yeah, it's interesting so, that you've yeah. reached a point of like more clarity mm-hmm. and forcing yourself to yeah. be more clear yeah. about what your limits are yeah. and how you yeah. make those decisions yeah. as a children's librarian yeah. Yeah. and how you communicate those. Yeah, and and really being able to articulate that strongly and, and help people understand in a more clear way about who I am and what I do and why I make the decisions that I do. If we can be more humble in how we approach these things, I think there's a strong ability that we can, you know, come a- across these divides and yeah. and to to take the emotion out of it cuz a lot of these conversations are highly emotional, right? Yeah, yeah. And they should be because we want to protect our children. I'm totally on board with that. And if that's the common ground that we can find, I think we can actually move forward not only on this issue, but some of the other issues that we're facing, child abuse and child hunger and other instances that children truly suffer. Mm -hmm. Right. And and we need a whole majority of people to do the really, really hard work of listening to each other, trying to understand each other disagreeing with each other right because like I said I still there's a lot of this that I still don't agree with and it's not it does not change my opinion in many ways but at least I understand where they're coming from better and at least I can articulate where I'm coming from better and I think one of the things that I'm more willing to do today is to do the hard work 
Wow. Thank you so much for sharing your Stick With It story today with us. My pleasure. Thank you. And turning now to you, the listener, we would love to hear about a Stick With It story or experience in your life. Email topofmind at byu.edu, and we'll be in touch about getting you on the podcast as part of this new series. Again, that's topofmind at byu.edu. I'm Julie Rose. We'll talk soon. 